This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. 70,000 tons of metal. The world's biggest heavy metal cruise. February, you. Together with 60 metal bands and 3,000 of the craziest heavy metal fans from around the world. Taking over one massive cruise ship. It's like everyone has a backstage pass. Sailing from Florida to Turks and Caicos. February 1st to 5th, 2018. 70,000 tons of metal. Are you living the rock star life but don't have the rock star cash? Don't worry. We know someone who can spot you. Axel Rose. Here at Axel Rose's rock star payday loans, you can use his money for cocaine or rent. I almost lost my house in May. But thanks to Axel Rose's Rockstar Payday Loans, I'm gonna lose it and my car in November. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, the interest rate's like getting fucked in the ass. But the ladies love a guy with Axel's money in their pockets. I had a BBW threesome, so sure, I owe $700 in interest on a $300 loan, but Jesus Christ, talk about Paradise City. Axel Rose. Hey, because the lion's share of the Guns N' Roses reunion tour doesn't buy enough hamburgers. You greedy fat pee. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Jocelyn Sharp. And Petr Spych. Metal Sucks Podcast. I am your host, uh, Petr Spych, always joined by Brandon Han. Hello. And Jocelyn Sharp. Did you see? Did, I don't know if you heard Brandon, but her name was in the opener, and I took you out this week. Ha-ha. Yeah, yeah, it felt good. It felt yeah. good to be felt good. Uh, I yeah. put her name first too. Fuck you. Yeah, it felt good to just to know that I didn't matter. That's at what all it would whatsoever. have been like if yeah. you yeah. left You've the show this whole time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this week, guys, we uh, it's a bucket list interview for me. I hope I get to talk to him many times in my career here at a podcast. Hope, but I got to talk to George Corpse Grinder Fisher. Lead vocalist of the uh, Cannibal Corpse, the great Cannibal Corpse. Man, it's a good uh, middle name. We talk about the new record and all that stuff, guys. It's a, it's a great interview, a long one, too. So we get a lot of, a lot of George, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, we'll get to that. But first, as always, uh, we love to talk about the news. This week, there was a news story that um, Jocelyn's, like I said, she's still part of that. uh, There's still a hazing process going on for her a little bit. So there was a news story that popped up very early in this week. It was about uh, this guy named Sasha Riesling. I think I'm saying his name right. He recorded uh, himself playing uh, the Some Kind of Monster riff for two uninterrupted, uninterrupted hours. So we played the same riff, two hours, put it up on YouTube. And so... I told Jaws, and I'm like, Jaws, you got to watch this thing in its entirety and see what happens. Something's going to happen in this video at a certain point. That's I know what happened. I know him. what happened. Boners in the mosh pit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so I was like, something's going to happen in this video, and you got to report to us because we don't have time to watch this for two hours. What happened? So, Jocelyn. Yeah, Jocelyn, you have no life. So, go ahead. So, yeah, thanks. Like, so, yeah, don't just say that. that's kind of what he was saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jocelyn, you ain't going to do shit with your time. <laughs> Listen to this. Watch this. And we don't want to make our listeners have to watch this dude play the same riff for two hours. So, Jocelyn did it. Jocelyn. She did it for you. For, for you, the listeners. For the people. Not because we made her or told her to. So don't jo- cry for me, Argentina. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn, was this man attractive? 
Uh, no. Okay. Well, that kind of hurts his feelings. First Jesus of all, Christ. any man who would play the same riff for two hours is not attractive. But you had to stare at him for two hours. That, that tells me that's the kind of guy that's just going to finger you with the same move over and over. And you're like, that's not working. And he's like, how about this? But it's the same move. And he's like, like, I call this the G chord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got that look to me too, Josh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So. He's over here playing Gagina Hero. He fingers you with dirty fingernails too. Mm. So were you, were you, you watched the, the video in its entirety, correct? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Totally yep. watched the whole thing. Convincing. I didn't fall asleep three times. Not at all. That didn't happen. What did you do the entire time you watched this video I for s- two hours of him playing the Some Kind I, of Monster Riff? I smoked to the resin in my marijuana bong. Oh, did bong. it make it better? Uh, no, because smoking resin, first of all, gets you like almost high, but mm-hmm. not high enough to like forget that you're there. So I still knew what I was watching. How many people do you think on this planet actually, now you get clicks for likes or for views if you don't make it through the entire video, but how many people do you think actually made it through this entire video like you did, Jocelyn? Four. Okay. And, uh, and, and then th- that, that was on accident. Yeah. And three of them were his parents and cousins. <laughs> 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 and now, so what happened? He played the fucking same riff over and over again. I was told something happened like... Midway through, Jocelyn. I didn't watch it. I'm no. No. <laughs> I, I knew it. it. I'm <laughs> Failure. I'm lying. Failure. I'm a liar. <laughs> liar, liar. Pants on I had fire. A, I was like, when I told her, I told her a text message. She sent back to, oh, definitely, no problem. I'm like, you're really going to watch this for two hours? Yeah. I was like, yeah. No, yeah. Jocelyn I, w- I watched wa- the entirety of season two of South Park instead. Yeah, Jocelyn <laughs> watching the internet for two straight hours without watching porn gives her the shakes. Oh, my God, you it does. I mean? Yeah, it's like. <laughs> she just starts trying to kick the it's habit. It's like a heroin addict of sitting in an alley with a needle they don't know what to do like i need to see genitals <laughs> so your description of his um hand uh sex moves was just pure meanness yeah yeah i was just being hateful. did you even look at him to be honest no, i just i just know a guy who would play the same metallica riff for two hours would do that i know that guy well it's just because he's got faith in that move i think i actually remember his name i think i fucked this guy yeah okay. it's called a hammer on i think that's why he's playing the same riff for two hours it was an accident he has a brain injury from fucking me oh that's wow you did him that dirty yeah next story moving on moving on oh yeah we should have <laughs> moved on about four comments ago <laughs> yeah after oh, she yeah. said she didn't watch it i was like fuck we gotta move on <laughs> yeah there you go you thought that joke was gonna go a little longer didn't yeah, it? yep so we did uh, earlier in the year, guys, we did discuss Pentagram, uh, Bobby Liebling, um, lead singer of Pentagram, which I think all of us do really enjoy the music, but we, he keeps just that bad rep just keeps following and, and putting a black cloud kind of over the music to me, at least. Um, he did get sentenced for what we believe was him abusing or neglecting his 87 year old mother. Uh, he will Aww. be doing, uh, yeah, time for, I believe, 18 months. and then Jesus. What did he do to his mom? <laughs> well, the details Was are his kinda... mom being racist? Then I'd understand. Would you? No. <laughs> She's 87. I mean, if you ever got to walk away from racism, it's probably the 87-year-old woman. Yeah, you saying. just turn around. <laughs> you, you probably don't... don't punch that yeah. one. But how else are you going to make a difference then, okay? I don't know. I mean, what, if she, I, what, what I'm saying is, is you got to beat the racism out of her, then she goes to the nursing home, and then she beats the racism out of other people. That's how you fix the situation, you guys. See, they're, they're, in, in improv, you keep going with the bad idea, but this isn't improv. This is conversation, so you don't have to keep going with your bad idea. We're, we're yes-anding. 
now. <laughs> I yes. feel like you were just on the path of Hitler for a second. Yeah, you were, you were on a pretty evil but, path but, there. But, but your hate game and your jokes are both shitty today. No. <laughs> I don't think you know. I don't even think you know what I'm talking about because you're too stupid. <laughs> I know. Jocelyn couldn't spell calculator. So. I, he didn't let me. Go ahead. Try it so again. So anyways, uh, no, 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 no. We're spelling. not trying it again. All right. Um, so anyways, so let's, Bob. Let's take all the fun out of the show, Pete. Go ahead. I, I do apologize. Jocelyn spelling calculator is the fun on the show this week, it seems like. No, the fun on the show is George Corpse Grinder's Fisher interview, which is coming up yeah, very yeah, soon. Yeah. Say the name again. George, George Corpse Grinder Fisher. Okay. Leads vocalist of Cannibal okay. Corpse. Didn't sound like that a second ago. I know. It's because the Corpse Grinder is hard for me to say. No, you got it right that it's time. It's a tongue twister. So uh, anyways, guys, so he's going to be in jail for 18 months. That uh, feels like a short amount of time to uh, abuse a Well, it doesn't say woman. the details. That's the thing. Uh, there's not a lot of details of what exactly he did. So he could have just maybe left her alone. Yeah. He could have slapped her, her, her in the face. He could have, I mean, yeah, he could have took her walker. He could have left her downstairs like in a, he yeah. could have done a lot of things or he could have like broke her nose. He could have yeah. done, yeah. Uh, it, 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 the, it, it varies from so many. Um, he th- took her life alert necklace. Which is abuse too. Yeah. I, mean, it's I would true. like if my favorite band stopped doing shitty stuff. Well, I'd be so good. So I could keep listening to them. It, yeah. it just makes you find a new favorite band sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it's happened in my life too. Where I'm like, oh, I love this band. Huh? New favorite band. I can't live with yeah. that anymore. Mm. Yeah. And um, but yeah, then he's got three months of uh, probation afterwards. So, so I'm assuming he can't tour for four and a half years. And the guy's like sixty something already. Yeah. So he's so, gonna be touring. So Pentagram so. is probably if they're smart, they're just gonna move on without him. They toured yeah. last year without him. I think the guitar player was singing, and and I just highly recommend that move going forward. Um, I don't think it's gonna hurt the brand because they are to me they're more of a nostalgia. Yeah. Kind of brand that their their albums that really resonate with most of us are done a long time ago. I'm not saying their last re- release wasn't good, but I'm just saying like tour wise. But that's you're right from a brand perspective, you probably don't want that that black cloud, like you said, hanging over your tour. And he, you know, uh, Bobby yeah. Lieblings had the mom, the a, mom trouncing tour. Like it's just not. It, a good it doesn't look. sound good. No. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing I want to touch base on, I mean, you know, uh, original Marilyn Manson uh, guitarist, uh, Daisy Berkowitz, his name was Scott uh, Pateski. I hope I said his name right. Uh, he did die this week at age 49, young age, oh. from uh, colon cancer. Now, oh, dude. he was only in the band with Manson for uh, the first few albums. He, he, he bounced before... Uh, Antichrist superstar, but anybody that has the record, if you look in the liner notes, he did write a lot of the memorable riffs on that record. And I thought that hurt Manson more than anything was losing this guitar player because he had such a unique sound to those first few albums. It kind of, and that's something to me that I, I think his guitar, his riffs, the things he was doing with Manson is what kind of broke him through. Now, the next record he did, Mechanical Animals, obviously sound completely different than Antichrist Superstar. The guitar riffs of John 5 are very good as well. But I think for a lot of us, what we miss in, in modern-day Manson well, that is Antichrist the riffs. Superstar, the, I mean, all the albums before that are just... Yeah. I mean, it, it was one of those... There was, it, those were one of those bands that I just remember when I was a young kid just seeing all these Marilyn Manson shirts, and I'm like, who is this guy? I didn't know who it was. Yeah. yeah. And, then you, and then finally, you saw the video for... I saw the video for Beautiful People, then I went back and just started listening. I mean, At the time, it was something that we never heard. Yeah. That, like that song was like the soundtrack to my adolescence, man. Mm-hmm. Like, like Beautiful People and... Uh, the Irresponsible Hate Anthem, I think, is a, is a riff that he did. And, and uh, I think uh, that one is is still to this day the the most just violent and uh, impressive track, I think, that is the opener of Antichrist Superstar. Yeah. That, that, um, that track alone probably catapulted so many people. Because when you put the 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 record on the CD and you hit play and you heard that you were like I'm in for a ride. I mean that that you album know? was playing on the radio and and on on TV for like two and a half years. Yeah, 
just that one album. Mm-hmm. And so he moved on and did other projects as well. I, I think you should research it. I, I have not. I'm just saying, you know, so I don't want to say. I know he was in the Jackoff Jail. He was with that band and all these other things. But um, despite his time being in Manson, um, for most of us, is pretty much an album and a half. I know he was on Smells Like Children. I think that you can't underplay how important he was to the sound of of a band that blew well, up the sound yeah. actually the sound of a whole generation i mean not, yeah. not a whole generation but just the sound of a, a time frame you no, know yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i mean and uh so I, and he's one of those guys too that's how music always is though it's like you have guys like that who get no recognition for the contributions that they've made until someone else more popular kind of uses those same methods yeah. and then all of a sudden they're like where was this sound well it was there the whole time right you just weren't you were paying attention to the wrong thing yeah, and I, and I think he's one of those guys. I've always said that about Daisy Berkowitz's guitar, especially on, like like I said, on, on those records he did with Manson. Um, well, there's a couple of guys like that, like Wes Borland. Like you, the first the first Limp Bizkit record, you hear things that were done on the on the guitar where you're like, whoa, what is this? And then the next album, it blew. But, but no, I think Wes Borland is one of the most, yeah, I mean, he's just, talented he, guitar players out there. I mean, his original. solo stuff, Black Light Burns, like I, I'm, I'm a huge follower of what he does mm-hmm. i don't follow limp Bizkit. You know, that's not my thing but what he does is, is very important i think like you said i mean um so you're telling us you didn't do it all for the nookie i i, I don't i never got significant on it no, wait, you didn't, no. come on i had three dollars bills y'all i had that record every single one of us did it for the ding. You know, so. <laughs> every one of us did it for the ding. <laughs> but yeah i remember like trying to explain to someone about black light burns when he put that record out. i don't know when it was 2006 west borland and i remember trying to explain to him like, it's like nine inch nails meets the melvins it's like this really <laughs> and they're like really the guy from limp biscuit and i'm like get over that get over that yeah, listen to me get over it, it. <laughs> get over it. Yeah. Yes. i remember one time i remember one time i played that black light i played that for for a friend of mine yeah. and, and i was like and he's like what do you think and he's like i like it and i'm like cool and i go you could take that cookie yeah, and, and you made the same joke. Your, and stick it up your your. Daisy Berkowitz, guys, definitely uh, don't let uh, his impact on the importance of Marilyn Manson and uh, his legacy go waste. Because, like I said, his his guitar playing was uh, extremely extremely important. So, um, anyways, on November third, guys, Cannibal Corpse returns with their latest Red Before Black Metal Bade Records. It's produced by Eric Rutan. Red Before Black once more raises the stakes, proving that the soon-to-be 30-year death metal veterans are still unstoppable. Catch the band on tour this fall, along with Power Trip and Geek Creeper. Pre-order the album and get tour dates at MetalBlade.com slash Cannibal Corpse, guys. And if you haven't gone to MetalBlade.com slash Cannibal Corpse and looking at the, the offers they have, the bundles, the vinyls, all that stuff, you're, you're really doing yourself a disservice. It's, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of great packages available right now. And as we said, it's coming out November 3rd, so it's just a, a little ways away here. So uh, with that being said, guys, it is time from one of my favorite conversations I've had on this show for sure, a bucket list interview to Knock off the list. Me, George Corpse Grinder Fisher of Cannibal Corpse. Here we go. Take that cookie. Metal Sucks Podcast, guys. It's me, Petter. I got Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse on the phone with us right now. Um, big day of interviews, man. How 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 you holding up? Everything good? Yeah, man. It's all good. Awesome, dude. So uh let's go back. Uh Irma just uh you know ended over there out in Florida. You did spend a few nights at an elementary school shelter during that. And uh Tampa was a direct hit. Am I am I correct on this? Um, it, it, it veered, um, away from us just slightly enough that we didn't really get bombarded the way it was supposed to. And and it lost its uh, power anyway, you know what I mean? As it came up. So, um, all good news. We got, you know, yeah, I mean, Paul and, uh, Pat and Rob, they lost power for a few days. 
Um, <clears throat> I know Eric Rutan, you know, uh, um, and a few other people, you know, had, had some minimal damage. I had some tree, not any trees down, but some branches, you know, back screen porch, uh, the uh, uh, screen, you know, had ripped a little bit, but I didn't lose power. Um, uh, my mother lives down the street, and my mother and father, and, you know, I was in contact with them. They're like, no, we're watching football. And I was like, man, I'm in the freaking shelter. <laughs> and I'm watching football, you know. And, and you know, But we didn't board anything up. And, and at the, in the morning when my, my parents came over and we were deciding what we were going to do, I wanted them to come with me to, and the kids and the wife to the shelter. They didn't want to go. And I, I mean, I would have never went. If it was just me and, and Stacy, me and my wife, we would have stayed here. But we didn't get any plywood. In it. And at that time, it didn't, we didn't know if it was going to turn or not. We didn't know how powerful it was going to be. And I just didn't want to put my girls through that, you know, and Stacy didn't want to either. So we decided, let's just go. It's better safe than sorry since we didn't take the precautions of getting any plywood, you know, to put over the windows and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why we decided to go. And, and um, we, only, we were only there the one night. We, were, we, were there, we went there. Um, in the uh, morning, afternoon, probably, I think the shelter, they, we saw that it was closing at like 12, like they're closing the doors. And we we got there, you know, 11.30-ish uh, or something. So, you know, I just was like, look, let's just get on and be safe. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I, I, and, and it did. It didn't really directly hit us like it was supposed to. It messed up a lot of other stuff, you know, down in southwest of Florida. Um which really sucks, but uh, and then you know you haven't had the, the latest hurricane. It just decimated uh, Puerto Rico, yeah. which is really sucks, man. I mean, it, 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 they're not to be played with. You know what I mean? They're not to be messed with. We've had situations, you know, like about twelve years ago, before my first daughter was born, there was a hurricane. It was supposed to directly hit us, and at the last two hours, it, it did like down or above us, and 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 pretty much passed us by. And we got some wind, but nothing, nothing like this one. This one. There was definitely more wind and whatnot, and more weather. You know, for for Tampa, you know, we had some trees and stuff down, and stuff like that. A lot of power outages, but um, not as not as uh, not as bad as it was supposed to be. So, like I said, we we just went to the shelter because you know we we just we didn't want to have to have the girls go through it. And better safe than sorry. You can replace your house. Your house, you know what I mean. I can't replace my kids and my uh, wife. You know, a hundred percent. So yeah, yeah and I, I know that that picture made it on 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 like you know Metal Jackson and all and Metal Sucks. I think and everybody was you know because I never because I look you know my Instagram by the way for cheap plug. At George Corpse Grinder, it's mine. I don't have a blue check, but it's mine. Follow me, damn it, so I get the damn, so I get that coveted check. Anyway, so shameless plug, but um, the, you know when I posted that picture, um, it wasn't really you know for anything other than you know I had a lot of people asking what was going on. I was getting my you know my phone blown up by the guys in other bands and whatnot, you know, and that's all good. But I just figured I'd put it out there because I never put pictures of my daughters, you know, on, on any of my Instagram posts. I've never. You know, I, I've pretty much almost abandoned Facebook, except for now you can link both posts. So you know, you're going to post on either or either or. So I've been doing that for the past few. But anyway, uh, I don't put them in there. But I just was like, you know what, man, let's talk this. Let's just do it. Just put it up there. You know what I mean? Let's, hopefully somebody gets a smile. And, and if there's anything really crazy happening, they can just, you know, just, you know, lose themselves and just, 
you know, I didn't want it to seem like, oh, we're here and everybody else is there, you know, because if somebody thought that, that's not how it was intended. I just put it on there just to say, hey, we're okay. Do you think that you, know, we went to a uh, you were the age of your daughters, your parents would have not gone to the shelter and you would have been watching football in the wind? If it was not, if my daughters, if I didn't have my daughters, um, you know, well, my parents, they, they stayed. They, they, they yeah. went back down, down, do you think they they down the street. Do you think they would have stayed, though, if you were the age of your daughters, or do you think they would have done the same thing you did? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They probably would have stayed. They probably would have stayed, but I maybe not, because we grew up in Baltimore, in Baltimore Maryland, so... So you know that's a lot different than um, than Florida. You're not growing up with 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 hurricanes. I mean, you know, my daughters they really you know they, when we were at the shelter, you know, you could see the wind whipping and and the rain coming down pretty hard, and you know, in intervals and whatnot. But but you know, then there's the gusts and and but in the shelter, man, you know, in, in, in the school. You really didn't feel any of the impact of it. You didn't hear the the creaking, you know what I mean, of the, the wood, you know what I mean, uh, or the trees outside, or or the banging of, of the the the, um, the, the uh, sliding glass door. And they would have been hearing that, and they would have probably been freaking out. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to put them through it. You know, yeah. I really thought that it was probably going to turn at the last second, and it did. And if it was just what we had more in the shelter, I would have stayed 100. percent And I thought about keeping them there, like yeah, let them toughen up. But what, what if I would have not? What if I would have stayed here and something would have happened? Yeah, risk versus just to, to prove this is to prove how tough I am <laughs> staying in a shelter. I'm my, I'm their I'm their father, you know, and and Stacy is their mother, and our job is to make sure that they're safe and to make sure that they feel safe at all times, you know, is to provide for them. And so the responsible thing is what I did is go to the shelter 100%. because I wasn't sure. I, I, I really was not sure. It was not about self-preservation for me. It was about, you know, preserving my kids, you know, and, you know, I don't care about this house. If the whole fucking thing burns down, which I hope never happens, but if it does, as long as my children and my wife aren't in it, you know, then I can always get a new house. And they said that on, you know, on the news. Governor, you know, he was constantly you know, just saying, hey, you can replace all these things. You cannot replace your life. You know, we can rebuild your house. You cannot rebuild your life. Yeah, so, completely you know, right. I made a decision. I made the right game decision. I, I, I would stick by it 100%. You yeah, know, I, I don't feel any I don't feel any less tough, you know, like, oh, of course. And nobody said that anyway. Everyone was really cool. And yeah. A lot of people, the funniest thing was that people were saying, hey, bang the hurricane away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I posted a picture of me holding, I had wearing Thor's helmet and I'm holding Thor's hammer. And I got that Captain America shield, you know. And people are like, yeah, you know, fight the hurricane. I can see, so, I can see the, the the head banging the hurricane. That that would be a great uh, little video there. But yeah, that's uh, it's crazy. There is a meme of of me head banging, and they're showing all this wind, and then there's a reporter lady, and, and something <laughs> hits her and knocks her over or something. There's an actual gif or whatever on I that. Love, I love that. Was way be- it was way before that hurricane had come, you know. So <laughs> awesome. Now speaking of, you're a football fan. You said your your parents were watching football during the, the hurricane a lot of politics in the game these days i mean is that turning you off at all or no um look i, I you know i'm a denver broncos fan you know and i didn't know that you're, you're a broncos fan oh yeah oh. yeah yeah oh yeah man hell oh. yeah dude hey, super bowl 50 woo! you're doing good man but, um, i like you guys right now well, yeah, they blew it against the Bills, and and and, and you know Rob and Alex and and uh, Paul, they're they're from Buffalo, so I haven't seen them, and I'm sure I'm going to hear it. Oh, you will, you know. But of course, you know I can hear it. But you know, well, they can they can look. They can give me help for a hot minute, and I'll say Super Bowl Fifty. Oh, you lost four in a row. Well, you know, we won three. Suck it. 
Exactly. You know, uh, I'm so a Browns fan. They get, they I, get get nothing. Get, I get nothing. People just, oh, gee, well, look, okay, well, then, then, you, then you must really hate me because I'm from Baltimore. So <laughs> <laughs> A little bit when the Ravens did that. A li- not hate, but a little bit. I was like, man, yeah, look yeah. at us now. Ugh. Anyway, uh, well, yeah, hey man, hey, hey Kaiser, man, he might be good, but, but yeah, p- politics wise, I don't know, man. Look, you know, I, the problem with all this, and I, I was expecting these questions, and no one's asked me this except for now. Um, it's it's your right to do what you want. Yeah, that's why we live in this country. You know what I mean? And it's America, and you know, I, I you know. You know, Cannibal's never been about politics, and we all obviously have our own opinions, you know, each person in the band. I mean, I'm not going to condemn anybody for not standing or for standing or, or whatnot. If you take a side, then you take a side, and then someone's going to be against you, and it's it's not worth it to me, you know? I mean, you know, I would stand if it was me, but I don't have a problem with people standing and linking arms, you know? There's obviously problems in this country, and I think that was the original reason for all this stuff happening, you know? And, and so, you know, I mean, how can anybody be against people wanting to just everybody come together and treat everybody the same and fairly and equally, you know, I'm all for that, you know? So, I mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, if you, if you can listen to what people are saying and say, we're not disrespecting the flag in our country, we love our country. We're just trying to make people start talking about this stuff and do something about it. I don't have a problem with that at all. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I know and all the different protests and how people handle it. It's their way. It's not my life for me to tell them you're wrong. You're an asshole. You know, I mean, sure. I have opinions about who I think is wrong and who I think is right in certain things. But, but in this issue, I think we should all just sit back and say, look, man, if you know why people are doing it, you know, you don't have to agree with it, but that's look, that's what it's, that's what this country is all about. You, I mean, it really is. Yeah. You nailed you know? it. Like if we just stop and look at the message, like, should anybody get mad? I, I do understand that. Um, I do understand both sides of the equation because I do understand how people don't want, like, religion and politics in their face when they're cracking open a beer and they're talking football. I get that whole part of it. But sure. if you stop and you see, like, hey, what's the message here? What are they trying to say? Anything bad? You know? Well, think about it. I mean, okay, then you got the national anthem, boom, and then, and then it's over, and then football resumes. And they'll talk about it a little bit here and there. And, you know, that's probably the reason that's being done is because, you know, hey, listen, if you're not going to listen to us on the political, because, look, you don't have to turn on your TV to CNN. You don't have to turn on your TV to Fox News. You don't have to do that. You don't have to look at both sides. And, you, you know, you can just, and that's why people get mad because they're like, oh, I just want to watch fucking football. I work my ass off all fucking week. Yeah. I look forward to Saturday and Sunday, and I don't want to see this shit. But, you know, at the same time, look at the people who think that there are people really suffering in this country for and, and there's injustice and and they want it you know they they want people to start paying attention to it you know i mean sometimes you got to get in people's face for them to listen you know i mean not everybody but at the same time those same people you know i don't click i don't have to you know exactly so i'm gonna as soon as i see people kneeling and i don't like it i'm gonna turn my tv off and as soon as they're done i'm gonna turn my tv back on and watch them you know play football i, I mean I, I, uh, I look i want to i want to see both, both sides of people's uh, opinions and everything you know so yeah and i personally um I, I i can't stand the halftime show and the super bowl it's always bothering me for some reason so i've i've mastered the art of recording the the game Walking away, starting an yeah, hour yeah, late, dude. and fast forwarding through everything I don't want to watch. <laughs> you know, so people, yeah, I mean, look, man, yeah, when, 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 the, when the halftime show comes on, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. And no offense to anybody playing it, like as no. far as 
that I, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, look, they're never going to let us play the national anthem. You know, they should let Metallica, you know, I would think Metallica would be okay, you know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't kiss it the one time, I think, you know, so. I know the Who, I mean, uh, anthem, I'm not sure. I know the Who did a, a halftime, and like Tom Petty, there, there's some guys that like, you know, got the, the rock roots going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the Super Bowl, like Super the halftime. Bowl, yeah. I don't watch the damn halftime show. I never do. I did unbelievably watch it when when the boob came out. We happened to be watching it. Paul was at my house. Paul was at my house when I that happened. That one, yeah, I and, uh, the boob, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I actually, I actually did see it. You know what I mean? So, and you know, for once, I'm glad I watched it. But most of the times, it's you know, like they had Drew Mars doing it one time, and he and he's really talented. You know what I mean? So, but I didn't really you know pay attention that much because I can't say that I'm just a huge fan. You know, I respect all musicians for for every kind of music for what it takes to do it, you know, how, you know, the create creative process and, and the recording and, and, you know, when you're playing it live, if you actually are singing the songs, you know, if you actually are performing the songs, then, you know, and I respect all that. But if I don't like who's doing it, like as far as the music, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they said Slayer was doing the, the, the halftime, I'm watching. You know what I mean? And I'm recording and I know a lot of fucking... Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put yeah, it. you're damn right, man. I, I'm recording it in every format I can, man. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that'd be awesome. But you know what I'm saying? So, so I don't pay attention to it. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, nobody cares about that. Well, you didn't watch the halftime show. You know, look, I used to be really pissed when I would have Super Bowl parties that people didn't be quiet for the national anthem, I would get mad. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yo, shut up, you know, please. You know, I just want you to respect that I want to hear the national anthem. Even if it was a bad rendition or whatnot, I just, that was my, that was my thing, you know? Yeah. And um, one of the guys that plays in my other band, Paz Recession, or used to, uh, Randy Butman, who now is in the U.S. Army, by the way, he, if, if, my, if, I, if I didn't have a Super Bowl party and me and him weren't together, he would call me every time the national anthem would go on. Like, cause he knew that it got under my skin. <laughs> yeah, man, he breaking my balls. I was like, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'll hate him for that. So I'm not going to hate anybody else for exercising, you know, I mean, their rights to do that. You know, this is America. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's too many people wondering, worrying about who's who and what, how they're being and what you know who they like and who they love and how they feel they who they are. Man, leave people the fuck alone, okay? As long as you're not fucking out breaking laws, you know what I mean then, you know, you shouldn't be fucking be getting any grief for what you want to do with your life. It's your life. It belongs to you and nobody else. Uh-huh. And America yeah. is, is America is, is the greatest nation in this world that, and, and our freedoms, you know, are, are totally back that, you know? So they want to do what they want to do. They can do it. Whether, you know, like if you want to stand, you want to stand. You want to make arms, make arms and stand. Some guys put their hands on the, on the guy's back, say, Hey, I'm with you. But I, I want to stand for the national anthem, you know, and and all of it's right. I don't, I don't see where, I don't see how anybody's wrong. You know, I think that, you know, you got this whole thing with Trump now, whatever. That's a whole different story. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, come on, SOBs. That's you know, they, that's a little harsh, but I don't want to get too far into all that. I, you know, I like I said, understand. Yeah. I agree with everybody's right to do what they want to do. You know. Yeah, a hundred percent. America, man, it's America. We're fucking the freest country in the world. It's true. And then when you agitate us, we, we always speak up because we're the freest country in the world. So that's what people are missing. I'm like, yeah. look, you got both sides of the equation. We're all yelling a lot more because we can. In other countries, you can't do any of this. Like there's certain countries, you know, and um, 
But the that the national anthem for me, I'm the same way. I'm just like, look, dude, like the meaning it has for me. Even when I'm at a like, I'm I'm in Vegas, so I go to a lot of boxing events, and even when it's the other countries, man, you see the pride, you know, in you know the Mexican anthem, or like you know, I just saw the Kazakhstan yeah. one, and I mean, you just got people just silent and and all that stuff, and I'm like. It, it makes you feel good to see people just proud of where they're from, you know. And I'm, I, I, I hit the lottery to get born in America. That's what I always tell friends. I'm like, no, this is a lottery yeah. for me, man. You know, it could have been in a lot of different places at a lot of different times. But you're completely, mm-hmm. completely right. And uh, and I, we're gonna talk about the new record, Red Before Black. But there's a uh, one more football thing I wanted to ask real quick <laughs> before we move on. Now oh, football. Yeah. CTE, brother, it's happening. So, do you think in thirty years this game is gonna cease to exist, or I mean, do you think they have to really just take the pads off, take the helmets off, like make a, a massive change? Because obviously, with technology, we're uh, we're at a point. Yeah. Where, you know, these guys are kind of putting themselves in a death sentence. Like, I don't think people understand. Um, one play when those guys run at each other, just one snap would put most of us on our back for like twenty minutes. And they do it oh, yeah. day in, day out. Yeah, as hard as they hit each other. So um, what do you think? Do you think the game will survive this, or do you think it's uh, it's kind of on its Yeah, point? I mean, there's all that, you know, there's this big controversy with CTE and all these things. And, and uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I would think, I mean, pe- people still race cars, you know. Um, people still are going to play sports. You see these kid, these guys uh you know, doing their parkour, you know, jumping off of, you know, jumping across buildings, you know, two, you know, 20 stories up. It's like, are you fucking crazy? You know, people are still doing that now. I mean, you know, they're doing that. There is the threat of death, you know, immediate death. If you blow it and fall to your death, you know, doing that, you could crash. I mean, look at having Dale Earnhardt Sr., you know, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's gone, you know, and, and, and they, you know, took measures with the harnesses and whatnot to, to keep drivers safer. And, and, you know, they're doing a lot of different things with technology, with helmets and whatnot. I mean, it is a violent sport, you know. Um, uh, but, you know, I'm sure that there are, you know, well, I know that there are concussions in other sports as well. Yeah. Probably it's definitely not as frequent, you know. Uh, I would think hockey would probably be the next most frequent amount of, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. concussions, I would think, because, you know, look at Sidney Crosby, you know what I mean, the Penguins, he's, he's a bunch of them, you know. But um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows what's going to survive and what's not, you know. I mean, I know metal will probably still be around. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, to, to laugh at, you know, this whole thing, because it is a serious issue. Yeah. I love football. And I um, mean, yeah, I played it when I was younger, and you know, I, I you know, I don't think I play, I definitely did not play on the level of anybody, you know, playing in the NFL. And there's lots to think about. There's a lot of parents who don't want their kids to play because they're seeing all this stuff. And you know, you got to look at it from two sides. I mean, you know, obviously, the NFL probably is to try to keep things a little bit quiet. I think, as far as some of this stuff, you know, from from players. I mean, I really believe it. You know, and now in this day and age, it's hard to keep anything quiet. You know. With the information age, you know, with with the amount of information you can get, with the amount of, of, of uh, research you can do just with the Internet alone, you know, outside of just doing it yourself and going and talking to people, you're, you know, yourself, there's a lot more information about all these kind of different things, injuries and things. I mean, guys, you know, guys who whose careers would have been ended 20 years ago, you know, they get an injury that, that is, you know, 
is healed in six months. You know, the technology we have today with the medicine and, and you know, you just, you know, and, and all the different, you know, advancements we have. So, I mean, I hope it, I hope it survives, but I, I definitely hope it is safer for people to play because I'm not the one playing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, if they told me there was a problem with, with headbanging, I'm, I'm not going to probably just have to say, well, dude, too late for me, you know? <laughs> but... <laughs> But maybe somebody else could uh, could benefit from this knowledge, you know, and headbands, you know, depending on which style you, you happen to do, could be detrimental to your health. I mean, I, I just would love it to be safer. I know that some people would think it's, you know, more sissy now or not as tough or whatever, but come on, man. I mean, you know, I have to think I have two daughters, you know what I mean? And, and um, they have no interest in sports at all, you know, but I would be definitely concerned if my daughter played any sport, you know. It wouldn't matter. I'd still be worried about, you know, you know, football, obviously, CT is the big, you know, injury concern. It's more so than, you know, ACL or, or anything like that. It used to be paralysis is probably the worst thing that happened to a football player yeah. outside of one, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, dying on the field from, from breaking their neck or something. But paralysis was the worst thing that can happen. And now you got guys thinking, you know, like I was watching ESPN and, you know, uh, um, you know, former players are on there, you know, and, um, you know, talking about, I don't know, what if I, what if I have those symptoms later on in life? You know, that's a scary thought, you know, after you played for a bunch of seasons and then you, you know, quit. And that's why you see some of these guys retiring early. I mean, I, I hope it's around, but I, I just, I don't have a problem with them making it safer. If it's going to come down to it not being as, as, you know, violent as it was, I guess, you know, I mean, not to say that I loved it because it was violent, but, you know, I mean, you know, who doesn't love the touchdown pass, you know, the, the, the long run, you know, you know, the, the, the punt return. I mean, you know, those things, if you're not attaching any of the hits that go on around those plays happening, no, you know, I remember. you just think about the singular plays, you know. Yeah, when you said, like, well, I remember, I mean, it wasn't that long ago when the punt return, they'd punt the ball, the guy would catch it, and some guy going full blast was allowed to just take his head off. I remember game after game during the yeah. punt return, the guy that caught the ball, if he wasn't, he would have some guy pretty much jumping you know, 10 feet at full blast and just take them, take them right down. Luckily they changed yep. that, but that's like you said, these things are what, uh, well, they changed a lot of them though. I mean, look, but I say this too, they, you know, obviously the quarterback is their money player, but, but, you know, come on, make all these, you know, you hit the quarterback in the head, it's over, you know what I mean? And, and they've tried, I think they've tried to limit like in, in general hits to the head, yeah. you know? Um, but I mean, you know, I think, that it's it's probably just they're good. There's good going to try to keep coming up with more rules and better technology as far as padding and helmets and whatnot. And um, and hopefully it makes everybody safe. And you know, I mean, you know, look, if you watch football, you love big hits, man. Yeah. When you see a guy come across the middle and the safety hits him, and if it's a clean hit, according to how the NFL teaches it, you know, now, um, you know, it's awesome. You know what I mean? But um, unless it's against your team. <laughs> Yeah. But you know, to, to be honest, I hope it survives. I hope everybody is is, is healthy and, and and safe, and that technology and, and our understanding of the game, um, is, or, or the, the, the toll that the game takes on people as far as hits and whatnot. Uh, I hope it just gets better and better, and, and we can avoid you know this kind of stuff, and that the game still survives. But. I mean, it is it is a rough game, man. I mean, it is a rough, violent game if you just watch, you know. But the, you know, they're they're I think they're doing their part. You know, the NFL's tried to you know do it, but you know, I think maybe they're they've they haven't they haven't been as proactive as they could have been. 
I don't I don't disagree with that at all. So and uh, I mean I I, I love the NFL. I mean I I love football, but you know, and I hope it I hope it stays around. It, it, it'd be like you said. safe for people to play, man. If I love the bands that I'm doing and then we find out that head panging is hurting them, you know, it, it's it's like you're hurting people that, you know, are my friends. And the same with the NFL. It's like I'm watching these guys week in, week out, beat themselves up. But it's one of those things where you're just hoping the answers come sooner. And like you said, they're proactive about it. So, But to segue away yeah, from yeah. that, because I, 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 we got to talk about the new record, man. Red Before Black comes out November 3rd. Now, Many people, myself included, feel the last four records you guys did from Kill On are like the best records you've guys done in your career. Bam, 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 back and back and back. So Red awesome. or Black, good to hear. Oh man, I, I, I want. Can you rank the last four records? Which is your favorite and which is your least favorite? Just the last four, not all of them. Ugh, I know, they're all good. Nah, dude. I I tr- somebody told me. To I, I really, yeah, uh, yeah. They're all they're all number one. <laughs> they're all number one. So. No, I mean, look, I mean, look, the cliche answer would definitely have to be Red Before Black because you know it's the freshest record in our minds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or speaking for myself, you know, it's the newest record. Um, we're really excited to get it out. We haven't played the songs live. We haven't really. I haven't sang them with the band yet. You know, we recorded it. I had never even sang it with the band. You know, all the music was done and everything. So, so I mean, so I'm excited about it. You know, I'm excited for people to hear the rest of it. You know, I mean, the, the reaction to uh, Code of Slashers has been awesome. Oh, the video's great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. I mean, I'm thanks, man. I mean, I, I think it turned out great. I think the album turned out great. So, Right now, I would definitely say this one. But, you know, look, I could pick songs off from all the different albums and, 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 you know, think about the ones we played live and whatnot, ones we maybe would like you visit and play live and, you know, whatnot. So, so it would be hard to pick any one of them. If we got this one on top, yeah, that's what I was going to say. What about the other four? What order would you go? For some reason, Evisceration Plague, for me, I always go back to that one. It's, got, it's the catchiest. It's, it's, I'm, it's, it's always stuck in my head. So for me, I, I don't know why, but that one seems to always be the one that, uh, that flies by the most. Out of the yeah, last I mean, four. I love that one. I love, I love Kill, Kill, you know so what I mean? Good, the yeah. first, you know, <laughs> Time to Kill is Now is just, we played Time to Kill is Now a lot, you know what I mean, yeah. recently. And, and I mean, I, I love it, dude. I love singing it. You know, it, it's challenging to sing, too, because just there are some parts that go into each other and there's not a lot of breath in between. And there are some songs on this new album the lyric, the lyric, the patterns are going to be really hard to do live. But you know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I mean, I don't know how I can rank them all. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, it really is. You know, I mean, I, I would have to think and think about every every song and. Man, some of the records I can't remember some of the damn songs <laughs> have on them. No, no offense to the songs themselves, it's just like, man, we have so many fucking records now. You know, mm. I mean, I've been in the band for you know almost twenty two years now, so I mean, it's ten records. Uh, you know, I mean, who'd have thunk it? You know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, an a, a amazing achievement. So, and then Eric Rutan is back producing this one, uh, Red Before Black. He did the three of the last four. But at this stage, mm-hmm. is Eric Rutan kind of like the new Scott Burns for the death metal producing scene? Um, well, I mean, dude, he's been doing a lot of. Yeah, why not? I mean, look, Scott. Scott would. I guarantee you, Scott would give it to him. <laughs> Good. You know, Scott. Scott. Yeah, that's Scott rules, man. I look. I mean, you know, when I when I did uh, Vile and then I did Millennium with Scott, you know, uh, I knew Scott before then, you know, but um, working with him, I never thought that I was going to work with anybody that I would, you know, that really got 
like, you know, and, and not saying anything about anybody I've worked with since, but from going back from back in the day, um, you know, I never thought that I would work with anybody who really, I thought would, okay, got a death metal scene, understood it more than anybody else, um, understood how to record it better than anybody else. And that I would trust outside of my own opinion about, okay, that part wasn't as brutal as it could be. You didn't do the scream long enough. Um, you might've had a crack on your voice. I didn't never would have thought there was anybody that could even come as close to that. And a lot of the guys I've worked with, you know, in the past, you know, um, um, and you know, since working with Scott initially, um, and, and Jim Morris, you know, uh, he did, he did the first, uh, monstrosity uh, record, but then after working with Scott and Jim did uh Gary of suicide as well, um, working with, having worked with Scott and everyone else since then up until Eric Rutan, um, and Adam D I would have to put in, in this category with Scott and Rutan as well. But, but what I'm getting at is, you know, cause he understands everything. He's fucking super talented motherfucker, but, um, and he recorded the vocals with the Serpentine Dominion. Um, oh, Serpentine Dominion. So anyway, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that. For oh, sure. thanks man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, um, but anyway, the point is, is like with Scott, uh, he just got it, you know what I mean? And I, I trust him with, with every single thing, you know what I mean? As far as, you know, like, if he was really adamant as far as vocals or a part went, I was like, okay, you know? And I would never believe that there was anybody else I would trust that with, especially because Scott was not a vocalist. You know, he wasn't a death row singer. He wasn't John Tardy or Glenn Benton telling me, hey, man, maybe you should do that again, you know? Um, also, too, when you're speaking about the Browns, Scott Burns used to call me Brownie. That was his name for me because I was from Baltimore when the Ravens were moving. He's like, Hey Brownie, you know, he was calling me Brownie because of that whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, he was Brownie, man, maybe you should do that part again, you know? So, so I never would have thought that, but Eric Rutan is just a different animal and he gets this music, you know, as much as Scott Burns did, if not more, you know, Scott Burns produced some of the greatest, you know, Scott Burns probably produced every one of the top 10 fucking death metal albums of all time. Think about it. Oh, no. Okay, There's let's no just... Doubt. Yeah. And think about it, man. Okay, let's just say the first day aside. Okay, the first obituary. You know what I mean? Um, Cannibal Corpse. The first four Cannibal Corpse records. You know what I mean? The first five, you know, Death. that he did. You know, if you even want to put Vile in the same... You know, I'm not going to argue the, the merits of what, what, you know, Meyer or Barnes or whatever, but, but you know, the top ten... The top five fucking records. I mean, think about it. You know, Death. And, yes. You know, I mean, come on. So he is a part of... He is... The, the, the most known producer in the history of this music, at least, you know, so far. And Rudin is definitely doing his part in that, too. And he's doing a lot of other bands as well. I mean, Eric's Eric, you know, produced a lot of our stuff. He's on Nazi Run, too, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, he, he's, and, and, and more, you know, still I don't even know about, you know. But so, um, but getting to the recording with him, obviously, Eric Rudin is a great vocalist, and he, if he tells me, you know, and, and trust me, me and him, we, we have a little tough, ah, nah, it sounds good. And he's like, nah, nah, come on. You know, I'm like, no, if you listen back, you know, then he'll agree. Or sometimes he'll be like, no, you listen back. I'm like, all right, you know. So, I mean, you know, if I was going to give the mantle to anybody else, it would have to be to Eric because, you know, working with him is just, you know, I mean, I've had fun working with everybody we've worked with, you know, um, and then I have worked with, you know. And I recorded my vocals with Andy Rock, who is fucking amazing. And just, and, and, you know, I worship anyway for just everything he's done with King Diamond, you know, oh, yeah. alone, you know. Um, I mean, he's, you know, he's awesome. Uh, but Routine, just, if he, you know, 
with all producers, I think they all have a great sense of timing and, and, and whatnot. But Scott and Eric, you know, Dee definitely to probably Andy too, you know, haven't worked King Diamond for so long, gets the, especially Rutan, probably more than anybody, gets the death metal singing. I mean, he's a vocalist. He's a death metal fucking singer. Yeah. And a great, you know what I mean? No. So he gets it. And he and working with him is just, man, it is the most, fun, I'm going to say right now, it is the most fucking fun I've ever had. I mean, you know, he has to stop me from being a fucking goofball all the time. You know, he knows when to play and when to fucking, you know, work. And I don't know when to work. You know, I want to just fuck off, you know. There's, I'm like, all right, all right, play it. You know, and then I'll start rapping, like, our songs. I'll start rapping. And he'll just be, like, looking at me. Because the way, you know, never been in a studio where his, the control board is, you know, um, is like right, I'm sitting in this room, you know, the window. So he can see me, I'm looking at him and he can see me doing it. He's like, he's just laughing his ass off. I mean, recording with him and even with Paul, and you know, with Paul, like, any of the lyrics that Paul wrote, Paul's in the, in the, in the studio. Or Rob, you know, or, or Alex. And we're all just constantly dying. Because one, I just fuck around, you know, there's just, if, if I'm getting frustrated, and there are times, trust me, where Eric's just like, look, man, you know, it's all good. And he, when, in all seriousness, when I'm just really not have, getting this part, something's not working, my voice is not bad, you know, he always knows what to fucking say, man. He always brings me out of my fucking misery. He lets me, he leaves me be, lets me just hate myself for a second, lets me beat myself up, lets me say what I want to say, even that don't make fucking sense. And then I'll be like, all right, let's get back to work. You know, he knows when to say that. He knows when to say, look, man, you know, you know, you're the best. And you're you're going to get through this or this or that. He, you know, even more than just knowing when, you know, my voice cracked. And we need to do it again. Knowing that that scream was as brutal as the last one, you know, and that we need to do it again. But even more than that, he knows me as a person. He's a dear friend of mine and all of us. And, you know, he he knows when to let me fuck around. He knows when to let me, you know, be mad at myself. He knows when to let me, you know, mope around, like fucking, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And he knows when to tell me, okay, okay. All right, dude, you had your time. Let's go. You know, he, knows, he gets all of it. I mean, I have never worked with anybody else that, you know, gets it more as far as me than, than him. I mean, really, you know, I, you know, he just, uh, I'm, I, I don't want to work with anybody else as far as cannibal course goes, you know what I mean? That him, I, I really, I really don't. No. I mean, I, I almost put, you know, I got to like be honest with you, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. I almost put my foot down when we did Skeletal Domain and said, I'm recording the vocals with, with Eric. I mean, I almost did. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to disrespect Mark or anything, you know, but, but it was, it was not about anything personal because, you know, it wasn't about, because I didn't know him, you know, it wasn't about that. It was just that I had done all those records. We, we, look, I've done six albums with Eric Rutte. I did both of the Panthers Possession records with him, you know? So, you know, I really just, I almost put my foot down just for that because that's how much I love working with him. It is, it is, it is a blast. It's, you know, it's, it's the best times of my life, you know. I mean, as far as being in a studio, yeah, is working with Eric Rutan. And that trust, man. Like I said, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to find that trust with anybody, and if, if, especially when they're recording you and they know you that well. So yeah, I, it just is, man. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I can't even tell you the times. You know, I mean, listen. I mean, 
there's so many emotions going through your head. You're just trying to do everything to make the record the best. And he is too. And yeah, there's some times where we butt heads, you know what I mean? Nothing like bad where we're arguing with each other or anything like that, you know, as far as me and him goes, you know, but just where I'm just like, look, man, no, it's, you know, and he's like, and he'll, he'll, if I try to talk myself down, you know, and, and make myself, you know, uh, you know, I'm just not really feeling the part or just like, you know, maybe, maybe I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, to be honest with you, I've been in the studio and been like, I think the time's over, man. I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm, maybe I should just fucking be done with this. You know, maybe, maybe George Korsgrader's time is over. Maybe, you know, so you guys should get somebody out. I've said those things in the studio and he just looks at me and he doesn't show me like, you're a fucking idiot or you're an asshole. Stop talking like that. He just lets me pour my heart out. And then he's like, look, man, you're, you know, come on, you know, you shouldn't, you know, like he just, he knows the right things to say. And I don't think it's really because maybe saying it like that, like he knows where things to say. It's not just about that. He's my friend, you know, and, and he, and he loves me, you know, and I love him, you know, and, 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 and he, he knows I'm just going through a tough time and he's been there too, you know, and he's recorded how many fucking bands doing this kind of music and other kind of music. And, you know, and just, he's been in every situation, you know, but he just always knows what to say to me and how to get through to me. In my darkest times, and he, you know, we laugh and we cry together. I guess that's the best way to put it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If people, you know, look at it like that, and, and I, I just, I love the guy. I don't, I don't want to do vocals with anybody else, man. I mean, as far as Cannibal Corpse goes, I, I really just don't. You know, I even talked to Adam D. Like really in the early inceptions of of uh, Serpentine Dominion. You know, like you know, and I talked to Eric actually about it that when we were doing it, like. Hey, I might, you know, want to do that. And I was willing to travel if he had to, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, just, just I have the most respect and love for the guy. And, and you nailed it, dude. There's only so many people that we actually can listen to, take it in, and actually, like, you know, get it out. Most people, like certain people, when they talk to you, you're just not going to have that respect or that, you know, thing. They have to earn that. So, I think yeah, what you yeah, say I mean, is like Eric's got it in spades. So why would you risk, you know, putting another producer to do your vocals when you you already have that connection found? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. I mean, mean look, man. you know, I I see that you know when, when we went to Mark, we wanted to just try something different and whatnot, you know, and and then a lot of the decision making as far as like you know producers, I usually just let those guys, you know, they they they're listening to the albums of the other guys and they're hearing what these guys have done, you know, with the music, you know, I mean, and I've always trusted, you know, okay, well, let's go, we'll go here. We'll try this guy because, you know, it's somebody recording my vocals and, and, and there are differences as far as personalities go, you know, Neil Kernan is awesome. You know, I mean, you know, working with him was, was great. And, and, you know, so I don't mean to trick anybody. I had fun with everybody, but, you know, Colin Richardson that we work with, you know, and I've worked with a bunch of other guys, you know, you know, as well. The routine for me is makes me the most comfortable, especially as far as what with with cannabis course and what we do. That's that. Yeah. I don't. I, I I'm it's, I'm a lost for words. To be honest, no, I can't. You it know. shows in the in the albums, man. I'm telling you right now. Like like I said, the last four for sure. But uh, uh, and then this is the fifth one's coming up, which is when I saw Eric Rutan, I was like, this is gonna mm. well, again. It's just it's a it's perfect symmetry for us death metal fans. So it's it's good to hear. Yeah. Now, one thing about music, every time I hear you in interviews, and I've listened to a ton of your interviews, man, because I've been a fan for so many years, is that you have such a great. Uh, just knowledge. I've learned of so many bands I've never heard of. I remember I learned of like Blind Illusion through you in an interview. I'm like, who's that? Les Claypool's in a movie. Oh, yeah. Right? And so I found them and all that stuff. So, um, 
And so you have such a, a, a wide array of bands that you've seen, like that were in the 80s, that weren't around for a long time. What band that you remember from like that time when you were growing up uh, before Monstrosity, uh, do you, would you love to see reunite and kind of play one more time? <laughs> reunite? Um, yeah, do yeah. a show, I guess. Play another show. Nowadays, it seems like every band that was around before is back, you know? I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, and some bands you can't see because members are, 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 are gone, you know Very what I mean? True. Yeah. Like, I, I never, I'll tell you this much right now. Um, I did get to see Possessed play. I mean, I was supposed to go see Possessed uh, with Dark Angel. In, in you know what I mean yeah for Dark Darkness Descends tour um, uh, it was a place called the Polish Polish Music Hall or whatever that it was called I think in, in Baltimore and this guy sitting in a ride and okay I'm gonna call you and and uh, and you know I'll let you know we're away and then you know okay we'll be there whatever six thirty okay cool six thirty five six forty six forty five dude what's going on oh okay you know next thing you know it's an hour and a half away I'm like dude and and the ride, oh, you're not going to show up now. What the fuck did you tell me this, you know? Well, I didn't know until just now. It's like, oh, it's a friend of ours, Mike. I'm going to kill him, you know? <laughs> but anyway, so we missed that show. Um, I remember Warzone, uh, you know, New York City hardcore band. Oh, yeah, I yeah. fucking love. Yeah, man. I mean, rabies, uh, yeah. They, yeah, rabies, man. Yeah, rest in peace. I mean, um, uh, they were supposed to play a, a number of times. And I, and I missed them, you know. I remember one time I saw the Cro-Mags at the old 930 Club in Washington, D.C. And uh, Rabies was, like, on the stage doing, like, like security for them. And, if, you know, if you, you've never been to the old 930 Club, you would know. I saw Cannibal Corpse there, you know what I mean, before I was in the band, you know. And um, uh, it was a small-ass stage, and, you know, kids would kind of die one and shit. And Rabies was just, you know, making sure they weren't smacking into Harley's mic because it was Harley was singing with them, you know. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I saw him, but I never got to see him perform. And that really sucks, you know. There's a bunch of bands I never got to see live. Cryptic Slaughter, I never got to see fucking live. I would love to see them. I would love to see the, the original Merciful Fate. But I will say, uh, the last, one well, last, I believe it was the last time we were in Europe, <clears throat> we played in, um, in Denmark, and uh, we got the show done, and we had to leave fairly early because we had a, uh, I can't remember where the hell we were going, but uh, we had to get out of there really quick, so it long drive. And um, so a friend of ours who used to do this magazine, Energy, this guy, Kenny, he he came to the show, but I don't know if he had saw us, but he stopped us. He's wearing a suit, and he used to have hair, and he, he had shaved his head, you know, and I'm like, you know, this guy talking to us? He's like, hey, George, and I'm like, he's talking like he knows me. Anyway, point is, is he just wanted to say hi to us because he hadn't seen us in a long time, and he had to hurry up and get to his friend's show, right? Was fine. This is like the Merciful Fate. So he's like, uh, yeah, I get to go to my friend's show, you know, but I just want to say hi and, you know, miss you guys, whatever. And I'm like, uh, well, who's playing? And he's just like, you know, he's like, well, you know, you're like all metal and whatever else you can. He goes, well, you might not really care. He goes, but uh, uh, Hank Sherman and Michael Denner, you know, they have a band, Sherman and Denner. I was like, what? So I was like, I told our tour manager, Johnny Niles, I said, yo, Knobs, I will be there if I'm five minutes late. I'm really sorry, but, you know, and we went, me and Pat, went and saw uh, the first show that Sherman Denner played. Wow. Oh, and they were playing the Mercedes songs, and they had their, their originals. They had the, the, an album on Metal Blade. It's awesome. Oh, that and EP, those were great. Put you know. they put out full, yeah, they put out, man. That EP was awesome. The, the awesome. Sherman Dude, Denner. let me tell you right now, man, that show, I got a picture of that. I never even put it on Instagram yet or, or anywhere. I just got a picture of them playing, but I was up front, and oh, it was 
it was beautiful, you know, but it, the original Merciful Fate, you know, we, you know, with, with, uh, with Hanson, you know, Sherman Denner, King, King Diamond and Kim Ruzz, oh, I was, and I know they toured around that, you know, when, when those, when, uh, Melissa and Don't Break the Oath came out, I know they toured, which by the way, Don't Break the Oath is my favorite all time record. Merciful Fate, if I could get the original Merciful Fate together, if I had, if I had millions of dollars, I swear I would be like, name the price. I'm telling you, you got to come to Tampa and play a show just for me. Fuck everybody else. Just for me. <laughs> a backyard. Beat it. You know what I mean? Um, um, oh, yeah. dude, I don't know, man. Oh my God. No, it would have to be, it would have to be the EP, Melissa, don't break the house. And you know, I will say though, in shadows, I love a lot. You know what I mean? And nine, I, I like, I, like nine. I was just done, about to bring up nine. I was like, dude, I really like In the shadows. I saw them on the, oh, I will say though, I did see them on the, in the shadows, oh, um, I believe Snowy Shaw played the drums on that, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was great. It was awesome. I mean, dude, they played. I, I saw them at Hammerjacks in Baltimore on uh, in the Shadows tour, and and I loved it in the Shadows. I really love that fucking album, you know, in the Shadows. But I mean, you know, obviously the, the, the three classic albums of the EP and yeah. and you know, Melissa and Radio, and I would pay them to play all those. Dude, I'll tell you right now. When I heard the Denner Sherman EP that they put out, I want to say it was last year. Was it 2016? I, it was like something the Tomb. It was on Metal Blade, but man, I, it just brought me back to like all the Merciful Fate records. Like I flew back. Oh, man. This was I was like, oh, I'll revisit. But then I'm listening. I'm like, dude, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's and that's that's. So the, yeah, your original. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. The original, what were you saying? I was just saying, like, the original question, I mean, there, dude, I guarantee, you know, I would hang this phone up and go, oh, fuck, I should have said them, you know? <laughs> I never did even get, you know, also I never got to see um, was uh, um, Youth of Today. Um, so Alex Lester saw them, and I'm like, you fucking asshole. Man, so, yeah, man, I, I, I love Youth of Today, man. I look, I all the, all the, like, you know, I, and I did get to see Gorilla Biscuits and, uh, and um and chain of strength a lot of like straight edge bands you know what I mean and, and judge and bold oh, nice. um uh, I I was lucky enough to see a lot of those bands play there's a few I didn't get to see the the, the New York hardcore bands the the, the, the straight straight edge ones man I mean I'm not straight edge but man I love the passion I love just the fire man when you listen to Ray Capital singing it is just like so much conviction I mean you believe it I mean I pray what I mean there's sometimes I was like. I'm not gonna drink anymore. I'm serious. I was like, I'm not drinking. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going straight and fuck this. Yeah, man, because you just feel the fire and just the passion and the, and the heart and the, you know what I mean? What they're saying, what he's saying about you. Know, that's one thing I love about hardcore. It's it, it you're they're saying about reality, man, and real shit. You know, that's you can be really passionate about. You know, I mean, I'm passionate when I'm singing. You know, with Cannibal Corpse, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's it's a lot different. We're singing horror movie stuff. It's I'm not really like, oh, so I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's it's a little bit different. You know, and so New York hardcore, and I mean, you know, maybe it could be slaughtered because they had like you know, like the you know, political you know lyrics and whatnot. DRI, you know, um, I that kind of shit. I mean, that moves me, man. You know, so there's a bunch of bands that I never got to see. I did get to see DRI though. That's just, Fucking so awesome! I saw a crossover. Oh, one of the most violent pits I've ever seen in my fucking life. Made a Godfrey's ballroom in Baltimore, man. Nice. It was awesome. And I saw I saw the Creator too, and they did that tour with Creator in, in, in the eighties, man. Oh, so awesome! See, and that's and but that's, uh, yeah, man, there are tons of bands, man. I guarantee there. I mean, you know, if I really think about it, like there are a bunch of bands that I, I, I you know, which I could have seen that I, I never got to see for whatever reason, you know. But 
nowadays, man, a lot of bands are coming back and doing shows, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Just even if you're just doing festivals here and there, you know, like it's just still great that they're 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 back, you know, playing. I mean, you know, the old school the old school guys coming back is fucking awesome. Yeah, Dark Angels is one I got to see. I, I've never seen them, and I know they're they're reunited. I don't know the whole touring side. I did see Dark Angel. But yeah, I did see them, but it, with with Death, I saw them with Death. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I never seen Death. Yeah, that's one that will always haunt me. I just wasn't of the age to 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 catch them, man. That was one. I, that's that's the big one for me that I never got to see was Death. You know, so. But uh, there's other. Yeah, I saw. I saw. Uh, oh man, uh, I'll tell you what. Death changed my life when I saw them. And they were playing. Uh, it was before Leprosy came out. You know, and I mean, I screamed by the gore. My friends, you know, all we had their the demos and and whatnot. You know what I mean? When even even old like um, old live tapes, where it was just Chuck and Cam Lee, you know, you know, playing, you know, and Chuck was only singing a few songs, and Cam Lee was singing most of the songs, playing drums, and there was no bass player. It was just Chuck and Cam playing. Um, so, uh, but what you know? So I, I, you know, when you listen to Scream Like Gore, it's one thing, but when I. You know, I, I didn't really differentiate it between like some of the other thrash metal bands as far as the, the you know his voice goes. You know, the closest thing I would have compared it to was Jeff Becerra, you know, from Possessed. Yeah. But when I saw them play, it was it was with the Leprosy lineup. You know, it was with with Terry Butler and that, and I believe Rick Ross was was playing with him on guitar at the show. And um um a fucking drummer, goddamn it, man, we're just fucking drumming with them. Mm. Bill uh, Bill uh, Bill Andrews. Bill Andrews, yeah. Anyway, here's the point. I saw that show, and Chuck comes out, dan, 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 die, and that was it. When and then the second one he goes die, he's still all loud. I was right in front of him. There was like fucking forty people maximum in Godfrey's ballroom, and DBC from uh, from uh, Canada were supposed to play Dead Brain Cells. They were supposed to play, and they didn't make that show. I eventually, luckily, got to see them later on. But anyway, point is, is that changed my whole life as far as what I wanted to do in, in a band. When I saw Chuck Schilder singing, I mean that that was that's my idol, man. His voice on those first two death albums are are the greatest fucking vocals ever sang on a death metal fucking record. Period, in my opinion. Dude, I, I brought I brought out my old tapes and I bought a, a tape player because I'm at work right now and uh, all I have is my every death tape that I had as a kid. And I just, I just keep playing them over and over at work. So that's, that's like my soundtrack. But last question, dude, just cause we're, we're there and I, I don't want to keep you on too long. Is that, uh, who in your mind do you think was the inventor of the death metal? You give it to possessed or do you give it to death? Possessed. And the story. And the story. Got it. Possessed. There, there's no doubt. Let me tell you right now, you ask Alex Webster this, you ask pretty much any of us, you know what I mean? Possessed is the first death metal band. I know that Roadrunner did that uh, compilation and they, they, Slated Lemmy as the first death metal singer or something, you know, from, from, from Motorhead, you know. Yeah. Um, and hey, rest in peace. And Lemmy was awesome. But, you know, Lemmy always tell you I play rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like, he, you know, so whatever the case, he's not the first death metal singer. It's Jeff Becerra, you know, from, from what I've heard, you know. There's, you know, is he's the beginning. I think this is the first death metal band there is, you know. I mean, you know, listen, I'm mean, on, on their first record. You know, yeah. I was just I was just driving. We we're driving home from Target uh, yesterday, me and my wife, and uh, they played on Sirius XM. You know, like with metal. What did they play? Possessed. What song did they play? Death metal. <laughs> there you go. From the first Possessed record. End of story, man. Possessed is the first. Possessed is the first death metal band, and you can hear that Chuck was definitely influenced by Jeff Becerra. 
when um when you listen to his voice. I mean, Chuck to me is is the all time greatest. You know, um, Jeff Sarah deserves to be in that conversation. When you look at modern death row singers, you know, most people don't really associate. Yes, they do, you know what I mean, because they're more modern, but they don't associate, like, Jeff Becerra with that, you know what I mean? But, I mean, you could even also say stuff like, like Tom G. Warrior from Something Frost and Millie from Creator, you know, for a fucking sure, you know, that's, you know, if you want to say it's thrash death, you can say what you want. Some people call it, you know, possessed, like, black death metal, you know what I mean? But, you know, Jeff Becerra is the first death metal singer, period. You know, and um, you, Tom G. Warrior and, and Millie definitely would get a... Um, would get um, um, some uh, votes in that, you know. And also Angel Ripper from from Sodom. You listen to Persecution Mania, he's singing in a gruff voice, man, you know. And even the early Sodom stuff, man, it's, it's you know. And there's a lot of bands, man, I could keep going. For sure, man, no, for sure. So, uh, Corpse Grinder, I want to thank you so much. Let's let's get some of this stuff out, though. All the fans out here, there's no doubt they've already pre-ordered Red Before Black, which comes out November 3rd. Make sure you guys do that. Go to MetalBlade.com. Check it out. There's going to be some stuff there. Check out Code of the Slashers, the video, the song. Everything's awesome. Uh, I haven't heard the record yet, but it doesn't matter. It's Corpse. Come on. <laughs> so I'm super excited. Awesome. And the tour starts the same day the record comes out, Friday, uh, November 3rd, across the states. They're going to check for dates right now. You guys are going to be with what? Gate Tripper and Power Tripper. Gate Creeper and Power Trip, right? Is that the band's coming yep, up? Yep, yep. It's going to be a fantastic yeah. show. A young, hardcore band, and then obviously uh, Gate Creeper. So a great mix, dude. And then, um, But yeah, dude, I want to thank you so much. Uh, it's, uh, it's a bucket list moment that I got to talk to you, man. So. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. I appreciate it. No problem, man. All right. Take it easy. Thanks.
I, I would like to play Cannibal Corpse songs every episode. That's how I feel. But uh, the two that we play, guys, off the new record, Red Before Black. First one, the title track, Red Before Black. And the second one, uh, Code of the Slashers. If you guys haven't checked out that video yet, go to metalsucks.net, type in Code of the Slashers, check it out. It's a lot of fun, a great video. And uh, man, we keep seeing the iTunes reviews for the five stars, the good words. You guys. It just it makes us feel great. Uh, thank you so much for su- supporting us out here. And, of course, going to MetalSucks.net every fucking week. Uh, one of my favorite websites for life. And that's it, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.